Welcome to the Truly Nourish Podcast. My name is Rebecca Laurel Hill. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and life wellness expert. This podcast has one mission, to help women break free from dieting and overeating patterns and transform how they nourish themselves in body, mind, and soul. Each episode, we dive into teachings and tools that will help you find more peace and freedom with food, more enjoyment living in and caring for your body, and more happiness and fulfillment in your life overall. Thank you for being here. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for being here. When you return to being an intuitive eater, it really allows you so much freedom, peace, ease, satisfaction, and pleasure in your eating experiences and in your relationship with food. And I say return because this really is how we are all born and designed to eat as human beings. It's just something that can get lost to us over time through outside influences and even our own fears and emotions, and particularly by the impact and programming of the dieting culture that we live in. And in the last episode, I gave you a personal example of how I eat intuitively in my own life and the intuitive eating principles that I was embodying and applying during my uh, recent trip to Florida and the eating decisions that I was making during that time. And today I want to discuss three very common myths that come up about intuitive eating and that may be spread around the internet by people who only see intuitive eating from a very surface level. So I want to address these myths and clear them up because if a person enters into intuitive eating, into an intuitive eating practice, believing these myths, it will only make the process work against them in so many ways and they won't find the truly nourishing, free, peaceful, satisfying, pleasurable relationship with food that they are really seeking. The first myth is that intuitive eating is about only eating when you're hungry and absolutely stopping when you're moderately full. And if you don't do that, then you're failing at intuitive eating. That's the first myth that I want to address. The truth is, thinking this way is bringing diet mentality into intuitive eating because it's creating rules. But the important thing to know is there are no absolutes in intuitive eating because it is a practice and a way of living that is experiential and different for each person as they practice it. It doesn't have rules that you follow. And the first principle of intuitive eating is to completely let go of the dieting mentality. And this is important because if dieting rules and that mentality are combined with intuitive eating, it prevents you from actually becoming a true and embodied intuitive eater. You know, 
embodied meaning a person who has that real freedom, peace, ease, satisfaction, pleasure through intuitive eating by practicing it daily with their daily eating experiences and in their relationship with food. So in intuitive eating, once again, there are no absolutes because it is a practice built on 10 principles or guidelines And these guidelines are there to help you to learn how to eat in harmony with your body while also honoring your true needs and desires as a unique person in your unique life. And on occasion, that could mean overeating or eating when you're not really hungry because that is a normal part of life for all of us at some time. So in intuitive eating, if a person perhaps becomes overfull, it's not considered a problem because there are no rules and once again, no absolutes. And actually, this is what normal, healthy human beings will do occasionally. And there's nothing wrong with that. Occasionally, overeating is never going to cause any problems for a person because the body knows how to work with food. So having an overeating episode on occasion doesn't ever have to cause a problem unless you make it a problem in your mind because of diet mentality. And once again, diet mentality is just the set of ideas, it's thoughts, thinking, beliefs a person may have that says dieting sort of strategies or restricting a person's food and they're eating in a certain way or in many ways, is a solution and answer to things like overeating or weight. And with diet mentality, there comes feelings about the eating experience or about eating decisions. And those feelings can be guilt or anxiety, worry, fear, feelings of deprivation or dissatisfaction or frustration around the eating and around making food choices. So in summary, to wrap up debunking this first myth, there's no rules and absolutes in intuitive eating, and it is not the hunger and fullness diet that is so often on a superficial level how it comes across by people who don't understand the whole scope of it, Um, you know, just things that you might see on the internet or just people's first interpretations of it based on things that they might read. But when you really get deeper below the surface and really, let's say, read the full book, Intuitive Eating, or, you know, really take a course on it, whatever it might be, you realize that, oh, it's so much more than that. And I'll be talking a little bit deeper as we go through these other two myths about what it really is. So the second myth is if people are allowed to eat whatever they want, because that is part part of a teaching in intuitive eating is that you do have to give yourself that unconditional permission to eat. I've talked about this on past episodes, that if we do that, it will end up a free-for-all and a food frenzy And people will binge on all the less healthy foods all of the time. And there's even some, you know, uh, health care professionals that also believe this. 
But here's the truth. When you really start to apply the principles of intuitive eating, and there's 10 of them, I'm not going to go into them now. Literally, you can Google them and read the 10 principles. But when you really start to apply the principles, you know, such as releasing diet mentality, that's such a big one. And when you start to honor your hunger and eat when you're physically hungry and instead of waiting until you're famished and when your body is in fight or flight, And when you're making peace with food by allowing yourself to eat what you love instead of fighting with food by restricting it, by depriving yourself, by feeling guilty for eating what you love. When a person consistently is practicing working with these things and working with the principles, that when that happens, they really start to believe like when these things are truly being practiced and not just intellectualized, like, oh, that makes sense, but actually practiced in their day-to-day life, you really start to believe and experience that the foods you love and crave will always be available to you whenever you desire them. And so when a person really starts to embody this belief and feeling of, I can have it when I want it and it's not going to be taken away from me again and it's not going to be withheld from me and practicing or you know really embodying and believing the feeling that I'm not a bad person for eating what I love you know for eating what maybe a diet might deem a wrong or bad food when all that emotional judgment your mental judgment and those feelings of guilt and shame about eating food is all washed away, when that starts to be a person's living experience, then the urgency, that pull to eat all the food, you know, cookies, cake, ice cream, chocolate, french fries, spaghetti, you know, whatever it is, whatever that food is for you, when that old desire to eat it all while you can goes away because of giving yourself that permission to eat it when you want it, then food just becomes food. It's like when you know you can always have it and like it's really this felt experience, not just an idea in your head, but something that you've practiced for yourself so that it's becoming embodied. What happens is it's like that strong urge and pull to eat it goes away. The Desire to eat it is still there, but it's not this strong, I have to have it now, or I have to eat lots of it while I can. Instead, it's this feeling of, oh, I love that food, but it's no big deal. You know, it's just a food because I know I can have it whenever I really want it. So that over desire for the food, that urgency, that intense craving goes away with time when you know that the food is always going to be available to you and be there for you if you really want it. And this is a process called habituation. And there is research specifically on food habituation that backs this up. Plus, I can speak from personal experience that it's true because as if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I myself recovered from an eating disorder, binge eating, exercise, bulimia. And so I've taken myself through this process and have embodied it. And habituation happens in life all the time. 
you know, let's say if you are partnered or married, the first time that person said, I love you, you probably had a much higher, greater, intense emotional response than when they say it now. You know, now it probably feels expected or just normal, and that's habituation. Or let's say you get a new car uh, or a new house. The first time you drive the car to work or wherever you go, there's probably this, ooh, excitement, novelty, like, oh, my new car feeling. But six months later, after driving it every day, it's just your car. You still love the car, but that excitement and that novelty is not as high anymore. That's habituation. So this happens with food too. The third myth is that intuitive eating is a tool for weight loss. The truth is intuitive eating, once again, is principles and practices that allow you to get back in tune with your body, back to your most natural innate way of eating, the way you were born and designed to eat, a way that is 100% pleasurable and satisfying to you most of the time. Yes, because I know for myself, sometimes we're at an airport or something and we can't necessarily get the most pleasurable and satisfying eating experience based on the options that we have. But you know, most of the time, it is this pleasurable, satisfying experience that is harmonious with your body because you're allowing your body to lead in the experience and not your head and not rules and not diet mentality. So it's a way of eating that is built from your body's guidance and from your taste preferences and from feeling satisfaction with food and making food choices based on that. It's choosing foods that give you that true pleasure, satisfaction, nourishment, and also that physical energy you know, a way of eating that tastes good and feels good to your body. So intuitive eating really has nothing to do with weight loss. It could possibly lead to weight loss for some people because so often weight gain comes from being disconnected from our body and from, you know, living in a stressed state, fight or flight state, being all up in our head about what to eat, you know, diet mentality, And then feeling bad about how we eat. All of this also then drives overeating and emotional forms of eating and then weight gain. So, you know, intuitive eating can definitely help in a person's area of weight, but that's not what it's for. So when we're in our head and not in our body while eating and when we are also, let's say, in a chronically stressed state over food and dieting and diet mentality can really cause us to be in this chronically stressed state over food, you know, which also can cause our body to hold on to weight just as an aside, right? Because of cortisol and, you know, hormones from the stress response, different subject, but, you know, also that stress and, and just being all up in our head and in our mind and not in our body when we're eating and not being fully present with our food when we eat it, then we don't derive true pleasure and satisfaction from it. It's really hard to get to that feeling of, mm, I'm good, I've had enough, I'm content, I don't need more. You know, I, that not feeling satisfied, not feeling that true pleasure, all of those things, not being mindful, not being present with the food, not savoring it 
All of that also causes overeating in ways. So the principles of intuitive eating are like this healing balm for your relationship with food. That's how I see it. And when they are really practiced, applied, embodied, embodied just mean, meaning like they really become who you are. And when you're living them daily in that way, this could lead a person to lose weight for sure. Or they will be able to more easily manage their weight without as much thought or effort or with any thought or effort. That's how it is for me. I mean, I obviously think about my groceries and I think about what I'm going to have for a meal, but I don't ever really think about how to manage my weight. It doesn't cross my mind. My weight just manages itself. My body takes care of me. You know, that's how it is when you really become, once again, what I call embodied in this process. But intuitive eating itself is not about weight loss and actually when you're first learning the principles and practicing them, you have to put any desire or like a goal for weight loss aside at that time. Because if your brain holds on to this thinking that, okay, I'm going to practice intuitive eating so that I can lose weight, what happens is progress in learning the principles, progress in just really practicing the skills of intuitive eating is slowed and you bump into more challenges and frustration during the whole process by holding on to this idea that this is going to be my tool for weight loss. So to thrive in your practice of intuitive eating and really become an intuitive eater, make steady progress, weight loss goals have to be put aside. That's what the authors of intuitive eating say because they have hours and hours and hours and hours and years and years and years of clinical practice teaching people these things which is you know why they have written four editions of the book but you know I can also say from my personal experience having overcome disordered eating the focus really has to be on restoring your relationship with food that has to be the focus and this is about creating a relationship with food that is self-trusting, self-honoring, body-respecting, and one that is truly pleasurable and satisfying to you. Intuitive eating is also all about healing your relationship with your body because to listen to your body and have it guide you for how to eat, when to eat, what to eat, you cannot be at war with it. You have to you don't have to be in love with it, but you can't be at war with it. You do have to come to that place of like, okay, this is my body. This is what it is. I accept it, basically. If you can build into loving it, I love my body. I can just outright say that. I deeply love my body. Then that's even better. It's like icing on the cake, but it's not a requirement. You know, just coming to that place of like, this is my right now body, and and that's okay. We that's the first step to just maybe get to a place of neutrality in your relationship with your body. You know, your body can change. Your body will change. All our bodies change over time, and that's wonderful. I think. I think the human body is amazing, but. Just don't go into an intuitive eating process. You know, don't begin that with this idea that this is for changing my body. 
and, you know, just recognizing that you can't be at war with your body, that healing your relationship with your body is part of the process as well. It's not just about food. Also, peace with food and peace with your body are in this synergistic or symbiotic relationship because when you're at peace with food or practicing being at peace with food and not being run by diet mentality, negative food talk, negative self-talk, negative body talk, you know, it's much easier to honor your body's needs, much easier to feel good in your body too. And when you can feel good or let's say even just feel better or feel more neutral about your body and you're better able to honor its needs on the other side of that, you know, that synergy, that symbiotic relationship, you tend to eat better because you want to nourish it. When you're not at war with it, you do want to nourish it. You want to care for it. You do desire to respect it. So that's what I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. I love being here with you. Reach out to me if you have questions you want me to address on the podcast. I'd love to hear from you. You can message me on Instagram or email me. The links are in the show notes. Also, if you enjoy listening, please leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Share with friends to help me reach more people who also may want to become truly nourished. I would so appreciate it from the bottom of my heart if you help support me on the podcast in that way. Until next time, much love. Are you a woman who wants to end cycles of overeating and dieting so that you can experience greater health and well-being, more peace and freedom around food, more vibrancy, and more feelings of joy and confidence living in your body? If so, be sure to sign up for the waitlist to learn more about my new intuitive eating course and the Truly Nourished Private Women's Membership. It is in this private club where you can learn step-by-step how to end dieting and overeating forever and become the truly nourished woman you desire to be. Go to RebeccaLaurelHill.com to learn more.